Welcome to The Secret Truth. I'm George Butler, along with... Charlotte Littlefield-Brown. Charlotte, how are you doing this weekend? All right? Yeah, I'm doing great, George. How are you? Beautiful weather down here uh, in Texas. What, was it about 67, 80, uh, 70 degrees today, something Amazing like that? Amazing for January. Gosh, I know. And Alan White, poor Alan White, welcome to our program, Alan. Are you yeah. snowed in? Yeah, he, he's... <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we didn't want to dump on you. <laughs> yeah, on, on well, the, I'll tell you. What's yeah, the weather it's like? Just, it's four degrees above uh, above zero Fahrenheit right now. You know, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you won't be there much longer, though, right? Well, you'd alternate a permanent iceberg. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we rub it in from down here a little bit. I can bit. hear you. I hear you. <laughs> You're a good guy. Uh, anyway, tonight, uh, our guest is Alan Watt. He's a profound thinker in, in many fields of secret societies, parapolitics, the occult, and, and, and he's done such in-depth research, but he's mainly a true seeker. And he has a site, uh, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. If you go in there, uh, all of our listing audience, go in there right now if you're on your computer, cutting through the matrix, and start uh, perusing through his site, and you're going to dig down in there and find some very impressive writings and, and ideas. Um, Alan, how you been doing the last few weeks? Okay, been pretty busy? Very busy, yeah, but too busy. Uh, tell us, tell us, this cutting through the matrix, tell us, we're going to talk in general. Naturally, when you're born, and you don't question much about it. And it isn't until you go into the, the, the deep books, the old books and the history books, and uh, go into the big foundations and so on that, that guide the direction of the planet and the cultures, uh, that you realize that culture itself, everything that you're taught, is taught for a particular reason, and that's to shape and mold your mind so that you go along in the flow within the matrix itself without questioning it. And it's, it's the reality, the reality that's been presented to you from birth that you're expected to swallow without question. That's what it is. So, so this is this is part of the education system and the what the the religious systems. It's it's a whole uh, system of ideas that that we we take on and our parents they they give us these ideas they teach us they that, but they're not knowingly doing this they're unintentionally unwittingly uh, conditioning us into what they suffer from. Is that sort of the idea? It's the same thing and studies have been done and it's well known uh, in the right quarters that um, all mammals all mammal species. Uh, look towards one of the parents, the protector, to warn it and teach it what is dangerous to it in particular. And if the mammal does not know, then the young one will grow up not knowing either. And therefore, its worst enemy could be, it could walk right up to it and be eaten, for instance. 
and it's the same with us. If our parents don't know how everything evolved along this way or was shaped along this way, uh, then the child grows up thinking it's all quite natural, and you accept everything as being natural. Right now, there's children um, who are they're, they're, they're seven years of age uh, who literally have been brought up since 9/11, uh, thinking that this, that the law enforcement they see on the streets in the big cities, the machine guns, uh, all this is quite natural, and they'll grow up in a few years to be the first soldiers who've never known a pre-9/11 existence. So, so there's an evolution here, a debasement of society away from freedoms into more of a military uh, state. Is that, is it, but it's accelerating. Do you see the acceleration occurring in this direction? There's no doubt. There's not a day goes past that there's not more information published in either the U.S., Canadian, British, or French, or, or other European countries' uh, websites, uh, main newspapers, uh, about laws, 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 and more laws. Just... Just a couple of days ago, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, it was the BBC of Canada, announced that a little place south of me on the Great Lakes, Lake Huron, uh, was going to have its, it's actually building a six foot high barbed wire security fence all around this little port. Uh, and supposedly to keep out terrorists. Now, you're not going to get invasions of terrorists coming over and landing craft all the way through Canada from the Middle East. So it's nothing to do with what they're claiming. The terrorism is to come from the public as they start taking this system down. That's where it's going to come from. So you've got domestic terrorism of the public itself by big government and military types of units and, and the extension of their powers through this matrix of, of terror, right? There's no doubt. You see, a long time ago when you go into the writings of the top the, one, the, the psychologists and the behaviorists who were funded by the big foundations and became world famous. You, you ought to take note of these characters who are built up into uh, a famed stature internationally because it doesn't happen by chance. They're, they're promoted to the top by the top. And uh, same with Darwin. Darwin would have been a complete unknown if the big boys at the top hadn't decided to make him a star. You know, same thing. Well, Skinner, for instance... Uh, the behaviorist wrote lots of books about human conditioning and, and, uh, and how to achieve certain goals with whole vast populations. And uh, he said that everyone who's, who's alive today, this is back in the, the 60s and 70s, is technically insane, every, every citizen. So, so here's someone in the psychology profession uh, condemning everyone Every citizen is being insane because they had antiquated values. Uh, they had family units which were also antiquated. And they passed on contaminated ideas from a previous era to their own children. And that was reiterated through all psychiatric and psychology books and courses and taught to a whole new generation of psychologists. And that has been the agenda for a long time is to literally... Um, create professionals who will be our new taskmasters. They'll be the new Oberfuhrers. So it's a battle of ideas. This, this principality, these battles of principalities, that, that is true then, that it's ongoing, is it not? It's ongoing because we're living, we see our lives, we think in such short-term planning um, because we live so short a life really. Um, we forget that foundations were created as far back as the 1800s, 
big foundations under the guise of philanthropy. And uh, uh, Jacques E. Lull and other people, big writers, uh, talked about these foundations and how they could literally plan something, plan a world 300 years down the road and bring it into being because, because they had their, their tenets of belief for that foundation. They could hire and retire men, generation after generation, who would work on a specific agenda and make it happen over the course of one, two, three hundred years. And they have. So it's, it's a steady, it's a steady uh, progressive thing that, that, what, many people have devoted their full lifetimes to perpetuating and to extending and continuing. Is that, is that true? There's no doubt about it. Adam Weiss talk, talked about it, the foundations, institutions. And it was also set up in Britain and run from there still is today. We've got to cut away. We'll be right back, Alan. Thank you very much. This is the GCN Radio Network, home to hard-hitting talk radio. Welcome back to The Secret Truth. I'm George Butler, along with... Charlotte Littlefield Brown. And, uh, gentlemen, I'd like to go ahead and, if you don't mind, open up the phone lines. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and... Is that okay with you, Alan? Yeah, it depends who it is. I'm getting stalkers on the phone now. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, we'll keep that in mind. And, um, and uh, we'll be sure to have them uh, silenced or muted if uh, you find that it's a problem, okay? Uh-huh. Um, 1-800-259-92... So, uh, anyways, uh, tell me, so these authors, uh, Adam uh, Weishaupt? And, yeah, Weishaupt, uh, yeah. Is that, how, how do you spell his last name? It's Weishaupt, and H-A-U-P-T, for Haupt, you know. Oh, I see, Haupt, okay. Yeah, and, and it really means wise leader. See, these guys chose their, their names because they belonged to societies. Sure. And, uh... He, he was the so-called, he was not the beginning of Illuminati, because if you go to the Oxford Dictionary, it will tell you that uh, groups that formed around the 1500s called themselves Illuminati 200-odd years before Weishaupt came along. So but they've gone down through the ages, and there's many branches of them. And Weishaupt boasted about all the techniques to get people in, uh, the useful idiots, he called them, that would work for uh, this particular goal, never realizing what the goal was. Well, only those at the top would know the real agenda. Sure. Now, didn't could it be fair to say that the member uh, Amini um, is a, I guess, a smidgen of information that is generational information or cultural information, a packet of cultural information that's communicated down, I think it's called a Mimi. It, it's almost familial through families, too, um, that the information and the agenda is passed on very wealthy families but it's also through the big institutions and we take them for granted because we think they're, they're philanthropic organizations and yet they've been exposed before when they've done investigations into the agendas of these big charitable organizations and I'm talking about Rockefeller Foundation right. uh, the Ford and the Carnegie's and a whole host of them in Britain as well and across the world and uh, they're um, I think it was the Rees Commission did investigations into them back in the, the 60s. And uh, Norman was it Dodds, I think, was sent out to talk to yeah. those heads of these. And he, he, uh, he talked to the leaders 
or the CEOs of these organizations. And the guy from Ford Foundation told him that their function was to, to work and, and, and put out culture, snippets of information, ideas into, you know, through the media, etc., into people's minds so they could comfortably merge the Soviet Union with America. Right. You know, believe it or not, I believe uh, Charlotte Iserby, um purchased uh, the, um, the, the, uh, the documents uh-huh. from those hearings. And if you go to uh, AmericanDeceptions.com or you look up Charlotte Iserby, and her last name is spelled um, I-S-E-R-B-Y-T. And, um, yeah, you know, Alan, I believe that she actually uh, spent all the money uh, to purchase that. It was not... Otherwise, the American, uh, our history, we wouldn't even have a, a well, copy it is published, of these it's published in books, uh, uh, by, by, I think Dodds himself published it, but, but there's one book called, uh, Foundations, Their Power and Influence. That, that has all of that in that book as well. Well, sure, yeah. And it has a lot more besides that, because it was into all the foundations, mm-hmm. and they're all interconnected towards this one agenda. Sure, and, but wasn't the meeting that you're talking about, the hearings, wasn't it a very negative hearing that quickly got rushed, brushed under the carpet? Yeah, in fact, Dodds himself said that, that uh, he was given the runarounds by guys at the top, and he realized that this, this power and influence certainly stretched wide and far and very high, and uh, they wanted to give it short uh, shrift. And I'm not surprised because he was, uh, he was investigating something uh, that he was not supposed to really know about or anybody else was supposed to know about that we have a parallel government in existence right. and, and that ties in with Professor Carl Quigley's book Tragedy and Hope and uh, his, his other book too The Anglo-American Establishment to do with the, the Council on Foreign Relations and he also t- admits right in there he says there's been a parallel government here for 60 years that meant it, was, it began around the 1900s we, we see the Council on Foreign Relations now raising its head or its influence yeah. with, uh, with our presidential candidates. Uh-huh. Uh, that's quite, quite prevalent and common. Yes. At one time, you would take on a, a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, never tell the public on newscasts what the person stood for, what their organization was. You took it for granted it was some sort of official capacity. But the Council on Foreign Relations is a private organization. And now they came out, well, they came out in Canada in 2005 for the first time as a council, as a panel, uh, declaring something to the Canadian public. And that was the first open signing of the amalgamation of the Americas, Canada, U.S., and Mexico. And they admitted that they drafted up uh, the amalgamation treaties that the president and the prime minister signed. So here's a private organization drafting up treaties that they give to their government to sign. Yeah, they, they've given most of the uh, presidential candidates briefings here in the last few months, I know, on policy issues yeah, that they, right. they, they say. Because what they're doing is they're dictating through these very clever briefings. You know, they're saying, you tell the line and this is what we want, right? Yeah. That's right. And yet, that's, uh, you see, that was set up. The, 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 the Council of Foreign Relations is just the American branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs that was started off in, in England. Well, there's also a, a Chicago group that Michelle Obama uh, belongs to up in Chicago. Yeah, there's the, groups yeah. all over. There are the Roman Table Societies as well. That's part of them. I think the one up in Chicago is called the Chicago Council on Global Affairs. Yes. And she's a director uh, of that up there. 
Well, you, you know, yeah. they're actually teaching a course in some universities in the States now on global governance. You can get a degree in it. And, and so they, 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 they're pushing these, these councils and these, these relations, uh, council and foreign relations, as something very good and positive, and what they're doing is they're power centers. Massive. Not just power centers, but they have a complete picture of what they want for the future, the kind of society they want. Uh, it's a totally radically different society than the one we have at the moment. Radically different. Well, the fact, of, yeah. They were behind a lot of the changes that went on in Europe. You've got to understand that the CIA is tied in with this too, big time. And so was MI6 from Britain. And they guided the cultures uh, through the, the, the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s up to the present time. They gave us our fashions, our music. They gave us pretty well everything we think is normal and uh, the multiculturalism and so on to get ready for a global society. Uh, all, all of the things that we take for granted were pushed, planned by think tanks, employed by these groups, and promoted through the public, marketed to the public through all media, magazines, comics, cartoons, movies, uh, newspapers, all of that stuff. It's almost like a cartoon, a virtual reality. Do you, yeah. have you ever seen it that way in a way? It is. It truly is. It's not, it's not real. It's an invention. It's a concoction. It's a conjured up system of ideas that are not, not real. Very, they're not reality based. They're created by men. Yeah. What they give us uh, for the future becomes a reality because we, we live into it. We, we live through the changes. And because we're the most adaptable species on the planet, we can go through drastic changes and take it for granted, never thinking. It's so if, we, if, if, we, if, if they give us a script and we believe the script to be the truth, and we act out that script, then it becomes the truth to us. That's right. You, you work their plan into existence. It's a stage-managed play, isn't it? It is. It's, a stage, it's all stage-managed. No I've actually it. written a musical, but I didn't. Yeah. But, I, but I knew that that was fiction, right? Yeah. Well, there's actually a Rush song, guys. Uh, all the world's a stage, and we are merely players, performers and portrayers. Yeah, Shakespeare, yeah. Shakespeare, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, he had it down years ago, <laughs> centuries ago, right? Well, yeah, all the world's a stage, and you brought the players, yeah. Yeah, we, and we, each of us must play our part, something yeah, like that. Yeah, and also that's why they have a theater of war. Oh, that's right. That's right, yeah. Hey, we've got to cut away here again for, for a short break. We'll come back. This is getting interesting, Alan. I'm beginning to enjoy this virtual reality. Yeah, it's so much fun, isn't it? <laughs> We're having fun. Hey, we'll be right back, Alan. Charlotte. Welcome back to The Secret Truth. I'm George Butler, along with... Charlotte Littlefield-Brown. Welcome back. Alan Watt? I think he went to get some wood chop, maybe. No, I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, welcome back, Alan. How are you? It's a pleasure, yeah. Okay, in this, you describe this process of trying to bring people out of this delusion or this system of programming as deprogramming. What is the biggest barrier that you found so far to this deprogramming process? Well, people, you can't just, uh, it's not a matter. In American society, we're so used to fast food, fast everything, drive through this. And it's a matter of time because people uh, will hang on to their pet likes, actually, uh, the cultural likes 
uh, it's like going up a ladder and they get stuck on a rung and sometimes they can't go any further um, with a little help some will never go any further they choose not to uh, you almost have to give up everything that that gave you your whole idea of what you were and, and your place amongst everything uh, you, have, you have to throw it out the window and be willing to take the chance of maybe even having a complete breakdown if need be and coming out of it because you have to throw off all of the old indoctrinations and that's not easy I mean it's a lot of indoctrination we've had for our whole lives you know and it's ongoing daily so so your approach is a knowledge based one through education and then trying to realize trying to get people to realize at a higher level of understanding what what binds them what in you know enslaves them what ideas are so over overwhelmingly what addictive and yeah. and enslaving and and yeah. limiting you see the system that we have is not a humane system number no. one uh, i mean the us started off and they had the founders had the right idea but they also said the truth they said that freedom can only last in such a country if the people themselves hang, would hang on to that freedom and it was meant for an agricultural society where everyone had his land, his home and, and no one could touch that no, one, no law, nothing could touch that property and, and so they were well aware that if industry came in see Britain already had industry and factories going if industry came in, then big money powers would, would move in, take over, disrupt society, move them into the cities for workers, and out of the chaos uh, that would ensue, they would then bring up social work departments, all that kind of stuff that deals with the chaos. They're very good at giving us stuff to deal with chaos. And, and those institutions end up having power and laws over us, and they become overlords too. Well, that's what we have today. And they decided a long time ago uh, that uh, this system that we're going into, this new world order, as it's often called, uh, I mean, Bush Sr. called it that too. And many people in the past have called it that. Adolf Hitler called it that too. Um, it's all the same movement uh, uh, going along the same road towards a scientifically designed, efficient society, including a vast population reduction uh, and, and a society where... Uh, the workers, basically, uh, will have no rights of their own. Uh, they will be told what to do. They'll be bred for what they have to do, in fact, scientifically, eventually. And uh, they, you'll not be born unless they have uh, somewhere, some job for you to fill. That literally is it. They call that common sense planning. They're big planners at the top, and everything has to do with planning. Uh, they don't want inefficiency. Right now, you see... Uh, the, we, we served our culture well. Uh, we, we have fought the wars that they need to, to create to amalgamate the world in these big business takeovers. And that's all wars are about. Your empire building is just business takeovers of one country to the next. We've funded it. We've, we've provided the manpower for it. We've provided the taxes for it. And, and we've made the machines of war and so on. And we can see the end coming. And they've talked about this 50 years ago. They saw it coming. When the, the, the time would come when they were ready for global society, they'd have to find substitutes for war because that's how they kept control over the people in the past was the threat of some country or other uh, going to invade them. When that's gone, they have to find a new enemy. And the new enemy is the terror within. The whole world will have secret terrorists. It'll be like the... 
the red under the bed scenario, only global, and, and we'll all be terrified, and that's why they'll have to rule us with an iron rod. They must maintain control, and they say that... This, now, this was published by one of their biggest think tanks. That was in the book by the Club of Rome, published by the Club of Rome. Big, powerful think tank that directs the future, and the ideas that comes out of the Club of Rome are given to other organizations, other think tanks to, to fine-tune, and then it's marketed through all the media in the world, all the magazines in the world market their ideas. And the Club of Rome's founders wrote a book called The First Global Revolution, published in the early 90s, 91, I think. But in the book, they said that back in the 1970s, they saw that when the world was ready and conquered and all the rest of it and global, they would have to find a new enemy. And they looked around to find what they could find for an enemy. And they said that the enemy would be man himself. And we shall claim that man is destroying the planet and causing global warming. That's what they hit on. It was an idea. One of many ideas, but that's the one they chose. And that's what we're hearing now. We are the enemy. We are causing the problems. We'll have to reduce the populations. It was planned 70 years ago. Well, it seems like animals at times have more rights than humans at times. Well, they do. They, 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 and, and, and the Earth Charter that was fronted by Maurice Strong on behalf of the United Nations and the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, Maurice Strong said uh, to a person who asked about trees and animals, and he says, he says, you'll wish you had the rights of a tree when we're finished, uh, because uh, under the Earth Charter, the animals do have rights, but there's no rights for us. Well, that, that is a very dire uh, prediction. Um, so, so what we're doing here tonight is trying to resist this change and trying to expose where we're, we have been planned to head or, or the goals that have been set out for us. Is this, is this what, what we're doing here in, in our life's work is, as it's unfolding? Is this part of what you're really about, Alan? Yes, we've lived through a good part of the changes uh, even the cultural changes, the dramatic cultural changes. Remember, these characters always use the term revolution, and most revolutions are bloodless. It's only occasional one here or there that's actually bloody. And we've had the cultural revolutions. We saw it in China, remember, when they had the communist revolution, they had the cultural revolution. Yes. Uh -huh. Get them updated. Uh, in the West, uh, you, you had, um, you had the, the, the free sex, free love, liberation thing. Uh, and yet you had the the various gender um, liberation movements, which were revolutions, sexual revolutions, they called it, uh, and so on and so on and so on. You've seen all the revolutions uh, carried on. You've lived through them, but you didn't recognize them for what they actually were. And it was meant to change a society that would be guided by people at the top. And uh, they, they certainly have been. The big foundations, remember, uh, pay non-governmental organizations um, various thousands of groups thousands of them uh, that then come forward as a big group and demand laws get changed and the governments are too happy to oblige them. That's how this system works and it's modeled after the Soviet Union because Soviet meant uh, rule by councils and in the Soviet Union because it was supposed to be run by the people they had non-governmental organizations but the Politburo always appointed the head person themselves you see. So it's no different here. You have massive organizations, non-governmental organizations, who go to Washington and say, look, we've got so many thousands or millions of members. We demand you change this law. 
and the government says, oh, thank you very much, we've been waiting for you to come. Uh, that's how this con game works, but it's directed through the big foundations. Well, you know, uh, Ron Paul has a, has a remedy for that, mm-hmm. called the Individual Liberties and Rights, <laughs> and God-Given Rights. Here's the problem, though. Mm-hmm. We're, we're dealing again with the mass man, and we've got to understand this, too that we ourselves have all been affected by the cultural changes, so much so that most people have no idea what any kind of values are anymore. Talk, sure. to, talk to someone at 14, 13, and, and listen to what they're being taught at school. And, and it's, it's shocking to see the, the vast difference from one group to the next just coming out of school. Uh, and this was mentioned back in the 1930s at the Communist International Meeting in Russia, by the head man, it was, uh, he was Beria, he was in charge of it. He was in charge of the NKVD then, that became the KGB. And, he, and the, the, all the members came back to the Western countries, and it was published in the newspapers. He says, it used to take us 70 years to get our agenda through by indoctrinating one generation. One generation at that time was 70 years. He says, we can now do it and uh, upgrade the system every five years by getting the children young and every intake, four years apart, five years, give them an, an, a step up further along our agenda. We've got to be going. Every yeah. year. We've got to be going. Uh, Ron Paul is trying to hold the line on this and get back to some kind of constitutional government. But yes. we understand where you're coming from. We'll be right back. You're listening to GCN, the Genesis Communications Radio Network. Welcome back to The Secret Truth. I'm George Butler along with... Charlotte Littlefield-Brown. Welcome back, Alan Watt. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Um... When, we, when we're talking about this, this matrix and this system of, of rule and control, um, you, you seem to, to identify these different groups better than anyone else. There is something, uh, uh, their 430, uh, the Club of Rome has a group called their 430. It's for people around 30 years of age. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're indoctrinating and, and uh, beginning to, to teach a whole new, new generation. Yes. And everyone is, you know. If you notice, all the big players that were put up there to, to guide a world, including Bill Gates. Yeah. Bill Gates did not open the doors himself, or open the windows, I should say. Uh, you don't get up there unless uh, they open the, the windows, and you get up, they bring you up. And a long time ago, during the Cold War, the CIA discussed uh, this war as being a war of technology. Whoever had the highest advanced technology would win the Cold War. And they put out front organizations, real corporations, funded them heavily through various means and, and black budgets and so on. They became big international corporations. And that hasn't stopped. They, they would never let someone come from the grassroots with new inventions or whatever that would upset the apple cart if it was given to the public and could bypass their system of spying on us all. So they put their old boys in. And now Bill Gates now is a top philanthropist, another big foundation, you see, and he funds certain projects across the world. Look into those projects, and you'll see how he's affecting the cultures of other nations. 
Yes. Yeah, Charlotte, take over a second. I need to plug in my computer. Okay, go ahead and continue the conversation. Sure. Um, so, Alan, um, with regards to these uh, large groups having to petition the government by their sheer numbers, you know, like, uh, well, like you can't even be taken serious unless you have 60,000 names on a petition or something like that. That's right. Um, you know, that really disempowers an individual. That's an interesting point because that's the very point that was brought up a hundred years ago when they debated what the meaning of democracy. They said the time would come when you'd have to belong to a major group to have any protection. Protection is the word they used at all from the system. They knew they'd bring us to this stage, and that's where we are. You're right. You're dead right about that. Hmm. Well, um, and then as far as Bill Gates, would you say so? Did he did he originate the technology? No. Or no. They so he was uh, aided. I'd say he was definitely aided indeed. An interesting family lineage too, if you go into it. Really? Yeah. One of the main advisors. You see, after after um, the, the first Rockefeller. Uh, had his had the militia out that gunned down all the miners at the strikes back in the, the early 1920s and so on. I don't people remember this stuff. He's up in Colorado, I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that's right. And they gunned down uh, workers and trains even. They just opened up machine gun fire and just riddled the trains. And they, they destroyed the tent towns of the miners. Well, he got a bad name. And so they, they said, we've got to remake your name and make you into something different. So they brought in the future Prime Minister of Canada. That's why he got the job as a Prime Minister. That was his payoff. And they brought in another guy called Gates, you see. And Gates was a professional in creating um, image-making for these characters. And he made him into a, a suddenly a, a great philanthropist for the people. Yeah. So he did publicity. Uh, he recast them into some kind of great benefactors and Absolutely. philanthropists versus people that had mowed down people. That they, they broke that strike up there and killed people. There were people oh, murdered yes. in Colorado. Yeah. It was just a terrible thing that happened up there. Yes, well, it was. I'll tell you, gentlemen, they, uh, none of this uh, could, could develop without almost mo monopolistic control yeah. of the yep. media yep. and the communication. And, and uh, again, Carl Quigley goes into that in great detail talking about all the major newspapers being owned by the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations. So that, that, that's right on. It's essentially own all media because, like Brzezinski said, um, the, the media is so important. It says shortly the public will be unable to think for themselves. They will rely upon the media to do all their thinking for them. So they could never allow free press on a big scale. What, right. what trends do you see now in them taking over? The Internet is a little bit out of their control still. What do you see? Where are they moving to try to restrict our Internet freedom of communication? They're already doing it. Um, they're already doing it. There was a meeting in Canada a, a few years ago with the United Nations, in fact, that was brought in to, to draft up the, the laws for the Internet, for policing the Internet, and uh, eventually they'll bring down fines initially and then cut you off if you're undesirable. They will use pedophilia. They'll also use stalkers and hate mail and all this kind of stuff, which is, is actually out there too. I mean, that's true. They always use the, the weirdos as the problem to penalize us all. And, um, and, and that will start, start to bring it down. They'll, they'll, they'll bring it down gradually. 
but it's already getting funneled into all the servers are getting funneled into main one main trunk eventually one there'll be one company runs the world internet and uh, and that'll be the big policing force well, there as was well. a recent an individual that undercover uncovered editing live editing of wikipedia uh, citations in there oh yeah uh, by large corporate interest mm-hmm. and they were continuously going in automatically and taking out and and uh, uh, actually redacting, I guess, in a way, by removing yes. some of the material they didn't want on there. Yes. And, uh, I mean, I get hits every day from uh, intelligence agencies, military establishments. It comes up on my firewall. It reads out who they are. And there are about four or five large ones. One's based in Holland. One's in Australia that does the Pacific Rim region. It comes up as the Pacific Rim police. And there's two in the United States. One is at the MIT. And they're already policing the world. These groups are classed as non-governmental organizations too, by the way, who are given permission to try and hack into people's computers for information. Well, there are certain gateways I've noticed of numbers out there that you can't track down. Yes. So right. those gateways are where they funnel that information to intelligence gathering operations. Yeah, it is. And I talked to one of the whatever. top designers at Dell Computers. He's paid big money, this man, uh, because he does the top programming there. And he said that by law, every computer is, has built-in backdoors because they must be accessible by government agencies. Yeah, I'm sure every computer has a, uh, its own individual fingerprint. It has. And so you can track, you can move, when it moves around, you know where it's going. Sure you do. <laughs> I mean, once you know who's the user, they, there's email there. They can, you know, surreptitiously uh, eavesdrop on you anyway. Yep. And then they can put these sleeper programs in and it'll report back to them what, who you're typing and, and, and virtually observe all of your mail right now. Yeah, they already put chips yeah. in the modern, the modern yeah. uh, boards, the typing boards, um, the keyboards. Uh, that, that do transmit your letter to them before you even get it sent. Well, that's nice. So we get our whole lives can be printed out, right? <laughs> that's what the purpose. That's what the real purpose is. If you want to control society, everyone in that society society must be under observation and predictable 24 hours a day. There was a site over in England one time, and someone told me they were working up there. That someone I knew, and they were listening to senators talk in their offices to other senators. Yes, but over in England, they were they were intercepting uh, their conversation through satellite systems. Yeah, <laughs> and that was a long time ago. So well, you can imagine what the yeah. NSA can do. <laughs> oh, they're 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 listening to everyone. So yes, so are. what you're saying that the war now is against individuals. Uh, yes. In other words, individual terrorists, domestic terrorism, right? Yes, and they keep expanding yeah. the meaning of it. That's the beauty of putting a law in the books. It's always put on. Uh, with a plausible explanation and reason initially. Anything can be, you see, initially. But all laws, if you go through the history of the legal system, tend to expand and expand and expand to encompass so much more than you thought it was designed to do. Uh, but uh, And, and it actually was designed to, to expand. That's why they put these things on hey, the books. Alan, have you gotten into any of this? Charlotte has made some major uh, you know, contributions to exposing some of this electronic voting. Uh-huh, yeah. Have you looked at any of that? Uh, I, I get bits and pieces off it, and I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised. I watched an election here in Canada uh, on television a few years ago, and I saw them reversing the votes from one MP to the other 
in a split second. They literally adjust their folks. Yeah, they just they just dropped off the screen. I've seen that here yeah. locally. <laughs> you know, we were down here watching television one time down at a accounting session of a constables and counties and uh, you know officials, and all of a sudden it went from fifteen hundred to a thousand votes. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's recently that they've had stuff up in New Hampshire, but there's people in there looking after that right now. We've got to move out of here right now for top of the hour break. Yep. Alan is getting better. Charlotte? Yes, George? We're, we're going to move out here for, for uh, you know, top of the hour, but we'll be right back, okay? Okay, stay on the other side. Okay, babe. Bye-bye. The Secret Truth. I'm George Butler, along with Charlotte Littlefield Brown. All right, welcome back, Alan One. It's a pleasure to be here. We've got a Dana on the line. Are you ready to take a call? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Dana, what is your question for Alan One? Well, I have a couple of statements first, and then I have a couple of questions. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. Tell us what, what's on your mind. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've listened to the news search. I just heard one again while ago while you were on break from Bush's speech yesterday. I think he was drunk. If you listen real close, his words are terribly slurred. I heard that, yeah. Yeah. He's on medication also, so that can cause slurring also. Medication can. Well, that's true, too. But I kind of find it, in, find it kind of interesting that his words were so slurred. And the other comment I wanted to make was um, this is the first time I've listened to your particular show on GCN. And I didn't even know you were around, but I don't usually listen to the talk shows on the weekends. But I find your show very interesting, and I love the title. Now, what I wanted to ask your guest, he mentioned a book earlier that was printed in 1991, and I didn't have a pen and paper handy to catch the name of that book, where all of these projected foundation mind control ideas were set out. Does he remember... What I'm referring yeah. to early yeah. on. Alan uh, Watt is our guest name, and he's Alan. Actually, what is his What is his name again? Alan Watt, W A T T. Thank and you. Al, Alan's actually published a few books of his own, but Alan's on the line here, so we'll let him talk for himself. Alan. Yes, the, the book you want to get it was put in, out and published by the Club of Rome. Club of Rome. Okay. And it's called. The first global revolution. 
Okay. Yeah. They, they tell you right in there, uh, they look for causes uh, that they could bring up to unite the world with a common enemy, and, and they, right. they thought, and they looked at a few different things. They even thought about the UFO scenario. Could they terrify the public with an invasion from outer space? Would that work with enough propaganda? And it, then they settled on creating the idea of global warming, and they would use right. that as an excuse to control the people and society. Well, Alan, what I have heard you say tonight, I just turned 60. So I grew up in the baby boomer generation, which to me is mind-boggling how things have changed yep. compared to what my comfort zone is and what I'm used to. And what I find you explaining gives some insight to me as to why sometimes when I talk to people about bills or anything else over the phone, they lack common sense. Yeah. And they answer like they're reading from a script, like their brain can't commute and get on the page with me about what I'm talking about. I know. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> it's and like, it's it's like it, parroting. We, be, we have become parrots. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's so frustrating. You know, you end up slamming down the phone and you're frustrated <laughs> because yes. well, uh -huh. you can't get them to relate on the page that you're on. And I'm finding this now even happening with people around my own age. And I'm going, what is going on? Am I the only thing person left? Is it because I don't eat out at fast food places all the time? And what is going on that is what, causing what it is, so much of this to be more prevalent? What's interesting is, you see, there is such a thing as culture creation and culture guidance. And the science of it, it, it goes back to Plato talked about it 2,300 years ago. Uh -huh. How the elite would always create a culture. He said, if we want to, we can change that culture and all of its values and morals upside down in one generation, and the last ones to notice will be the ones who live through it. That's where we are, aren't we? This is where us baby boomers are, because this generation is just not. It's like the 20 and 30-year-olds yes. are just, they are lost. They have been dumbed down, and, and uh, they've been, uh, they've been uh, overcome by the wrong ideas, very debased thinking. They've nothing to hold on to. Yeah. So you see, that the, the family structure is almost destroyed. That was one of the tenets that they said in psychology. Many years ago, they've destroyed the family unit. That was the big chant through all of the psychiatric and psychological industries because we're promoting this from the top. They destroy the family unit, and then the state would be in charge of the conditioning of the child. The inmates have taken over the insane asylum, yep. uh, Dana. Yes. They used to be inmates, and we used to be able to have them, you know, under control. Now they escaped, and they're in control of the insane asylum, the inmates are. They're psychopaths. Yes. The psychopathic thinking on, on, the, on the highest levels is so profound that it's, a tra it's tragic. It's, tra it is, it's awful. It's, it's terrifying. Yes, it is. To see very well, see, it's one thing to be a psychopath. It's another thing to be born into uh, family uh, dynasties of them who have the financial backing and the powerful friends to, to make their ideas work. That's the problem. Yeah, a poor psychopath is not as terrible as a very rich one. <laughs> That's right. You know, a, a billionaire yeah. psychopath, we, you got problems with those people. Goldfinger, oh, yeah. Goldfinger proved it. Yeah, yeah, Goldfinger. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we have well, to I laugh mean, a little bit about this, otherwise you'd go stark raving mad, right? You would, you would. Yeah, you would. Would. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, they call me that anyway. <laughs> well, there's one more thing, Alan, that I wanted to to point out, and you probably know about it, maybe in some of your writings too, yeah. is 
When I was in graduate school at Texas Tech about 12 years ago, there was a lot of crossover from undergraduate graduate classes that were taking also international law courses. Yes. Now, I think that is a big signal. Listening to what you said earlier, I remember that, and I thought, that adds a under-the-cover title of what they were doing with these people, these students, younger students, teaching them international law. It fits right in with what you're talking about. Uh, that's right. How, how far back it goes, you're, you're right on. It said that they'd rear um, technocrats, in fact. They would, they would choose the brighter ones, teach them, and the ones that they were really good at it, they'd pick them out. And these people actually were brought into the United Nations to work as high-level bureaucrats. But Absolutely. Now there was one girl that was telling me she was applying for an internship that coming summer of 93 uh -huh. to go to the UN for yes. an internship towards her international law degree because she was going into law school when she graduated, but she was taking poli-sci master's classes, which is what I was in, political science. And I was just flabbergasted that she had all these doorways open to her. Now it makes me wonder with what you said, just exactly who was she? Yeah, well, as you say, they, see, they do have uh, doors open for them. It's the same with the, the, the Rhodes Scholarship. Bill Clinton was a Rhodes Scholar. About 200 right. bureaucrats in your federal level are all Rhodes Scholars, and they, they work, they vow to work to a global society. That's, their, that's what they vow to take. So uh, doors, as soon as they come out of Oxford or wherever they come from or certain Ivy League universities, yeah. the doors open automatically for them where, because big, they have big, powerful friends now guiding their lives. The political science it, it, taught on the university level does not free us. It continues the state of delusion where the completion of truth is never achieved. Well, Elihu Yale went into this. He, he put up the money for the, for the funding of Yale University before the American Revolution. And Elihu Yale was one of the founding members, his family were the founding members of the British East India Company, the first big international corporation in the 15, late 1500s. And, and Elihu Alan, Yale said that these What you're tons, talking about makes some sense to, and why we have such a hard time getting so much of the public to realize our government did 9-11. Everybody thinks everybody's crazy that even talks about that. I know. And this didn't happen just overnight. It's like you're saying now. This has been planned and going on for centuries. Yes. Dana, thank you very much for your call and your statements oh, thank and you comments. For call us thank back you. again and keep listening. Thank you very much. We're going to cut away for another break. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Welcome back to The Secret Truth. I'm George Butler along with... Charlotte Littlefield. Yeah, I believe we have another caller. Welcome back, Alan Watt, uh, to the program. Yep, it's a pleasure. We have another caller on the line. Charlotte, who is that uh, we have on the line? Uh, this caller is James uh, from Ohio. Uh -huh. James, what, what is your question? Well, I guess we lost James. Uh, just so the listening audience knows, uh, they can call 1-800-259-9231 um, if you'd like to join in the conversation briefly or if you have a question for our guest and author, Alan Watt, tonight. Alan, you know that last caller... Uh, 
Dana, I mean, there are people that are all waking up at, yep. uh, all of a sudden, you know, across the country, across the world. Mm-hmm. We're getting callers now from all over the world, and it's almost like a world freedom movement. Have you ever heard it described like that? Yeah, it's in the air. Uh, people, people are getting edgy because they see the same plans being implemented at the same time of totalitarianism. They see the structures being built all around them and they're getting the wind up. They realize something is vastly wrong, and it's nothing to do with what they're being told is the cause. They know it's all been built for them, and uh, and so they're asking lots and lots of questions. Oh, you mean it's not the Islamo-fascism? Yeah, we're just waiting for, for you know armies to come across, and camels, uh, and swim across the sea, and up the, up the Great Lakes in Canada, down to St. Lawrence, and that's why they're putting all the barbed wire fencing around Port Hope. At Port I saw Hope. them down on Town Lake last night. They were frogmen attacking. <laughs> <laughs> I think they had snorkel devices. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> they had that little popping deal. Do you remember the old snorkels that had the little? Uh, uh, it was like a a, a, a ping pong ball in them. Did you ever right. see those? Yeah, yeah, I huh? used one. Yeah. That was the old one. And then they, where well, you had to just put your tongue in there and then blow out the water. Remember yeah. we went to those later. That, that was a new improved version. <laughs> yeah, a new improved. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I, I got one for you. What about um, the supposed lack of security with the uh, the nuclear uh, devices, the supposed um, suitcase bombs that came out of the uh, the collapse of Russia or you know uh, or the Soviet Union, I should say, and and you know whatever you know we just had a a, a what was it six nuclear warheads uh, live on their pedestals uh, accidentally flown uh, and intercepted, and then we've got this lady uh, Sybil Edmonds, I guess is her name, uh, claiming to have you know insider information. It seems like. There is something going on. Um, are you guys tracking that in the news? And or what are your thoughts yeah, on there, that? Yeah, there's been some talk about the, the first one with the aircraft. It was a bit of a scam, I think. See, it, we also get so much disinformation put out from the top to keep this hype and terror and fear going and keep us all worried and, and scared. Um, it's, it's difficult to say. Um, I do know that, that there are but some clippings from newspapers in the States here where there's special teams of helicopters now scan your cities at night and they're equipped to detect a minutest amount of radiation. And they also have teams of people dressed, often in civilian clothing, walking amongst you in the cities. And they, can, they also have these tiny little devices that are very sensitive to radiation. Uh, and so they're already looking for all of this uh, all over the place. Yeah, they've had a, a special response team even before 9-11 out of Nevada. Uh-huh. That was yeah. an emergency response team. It was a nuclear team. Mm-hmm. that they could deploy anywhere in the country within just a, a ma- matter of a few hours. Yeah. And they had that, and I guess they've extended that, uh, you know, capability of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, how terrifying is that, you know? The bad guy's, you know, going to put a suitcase nuke in your neighborhood, you know? Yeah, well, I think the only bad guys I would worry about are the bad guys that work in the, these shadowy secret agencies that work for governments. Um, yeah, the false flaggers. Yeah, I really do. Honestly, I do, because there's no... If you look at the British history, they were famous for this. They'd, they'd cause problems, blame someone else, and get everyone fighting. That was standard policy, and, and it's never been changed, because why change something that works so well? Uh, so it's the same thing here. I was talking about 9-11 the other day to someone, and I said, well, regardless of all the evidence, there's so much evidence there. 
uh, I said, regardless, the fact is that the American, the Institute for American uh, Policies, or, or the New, New American Century Club, it was called, the New American Century Club itself, that was comprised of Cheney and, 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 and Rumsfeld and Bush and other ones, and Pearl, uh, they taught, they published uh, in the 90s that they, they would want to take over the Middle East. Uh, they published about Ara Afghanistan, Iraq, and, and, and Iran, and so on. But they also said they'd seen, they would need something on a scale of Pearl Harbor to motivate the American public behind them for a war. And then you find that Brzezinski wrote about that too, the same thing. He's a member of the club in his book called The Grand Chessboard, also published in the 90s. And 2001 comes along, and voila, they get their wish. They win the lotto. They're so lucky, these guys. Yeah, we've got another yeah. caller, Mary Ann. Uh, you have a call, uh, question for uh, Alan Watt? I have a comment and a question. Yes, ma'am, go ahead. Um, Alan, thank you for having the courage. I'm always, uh, my dad died in the Second World War, and that's why history to me is very important. And in reality, uh, why the Second World War was, that story is never told the truth either. I know. I know. You know, and you don't want to go in further, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and the victor is always, you know, write the truth. Mm -hmm. In all eras. Um, then, and then I have another uh, thing which worries me tremendous. Uh, all those young people with the vaccination and uh, AD&D and all the, you know, the poisoning of the children. Yes. Yes. Is it that the children ex that the uh, sought out the extremely intelligent ones? I, I think it was a well. We we know for a fact that that uh, the high uh, private schools, even in Britain, are the same. They don't get the same vaccines for those children that the rest of the populations get. And we know mm -hmm. from from the writings as well of people like Arthur Kessler and Bertrand Russell. Last week, yeah, if you go to the archives on my website, I talked on the air. Uh, about uh, comments made in, in Bertrand Russell's own books. And he, he was a big player in this too for global government and a type of society that was scientifically trained. And he said uh, which they, should, they could use all means. He mentioned food, water, and the needle. He saw inoculations to dumb down a public, a people, so that they would not have the intelligence to rebel in any intelligent manner for these big changes that were planned. So they have written about this agenda. What other books can you recommend? Um, if you find uh, The Ghost in the Machine is a good one by Arthur Kosler. Repeat again. Uh, Ghost in the Machine. The Ghost in the Machine, the yeah, author? By Kosler. And he worked for, now he is, is now public, admitted to, he worked for MI6 in the Culture Creation Department. Uh, so did Bertrand Russell. Uh, so did even... Uh, um, uh, the, the one who wrote uh, 1984. All of the big authors worked in the Department of Culture funded by the CIA and MI6 during the entire Cold War and afterwards. They give us our culture. Again, thank you for your courage. And uh, if you ask, you know, that the, the distance will be given you, you just get isn't enough what you can take, but pass it on. And if you pass it on to your family, there is hope. Thank you very much for your call. Keep listening and, and call back again. Thank you very much for your comments and your call. We've got to cut away here again. Get, we can get some interesting calls tonight, Alan. Yes, they are. We'll be right back. Thank you. Nobody on the road. 
Welcome back to The Secret Truth. I'm George Butler, along with Charlotte Littlefield Brown. And, uh, gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and give that number out again since we're having such a great stream of callers here tonight. That's uh, 1-800-259-9231. George? Yeah. Um, Alan, uh, these callers are waking up. They're beginning to really change out there. Yes, I've noticed that there's been a big change over the last two or three years, and and more and more people uh, don't want to simply jump in and, and yell and be terrified and see what's happening. They're actually looking into the histories of it, and that's so important, as last caller said. You've got to know the histories to understand how we got here and what the plan for the future is, because they what tell I, you in yeah. very old books. What I see also, though, just as, as a feel for the guest, is they're over 50 years old, most of these people calling tonight, it seems like. Yes, uh, yeah. During the week, I get younger people, too. I get, I get a lot of mail from young people, early 20s even. A even lot of email, email from, yeah. from younger people. That, they're they're tuned in to that. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, because see, those, those youngsters, as I say, they've had almost all the old system of family and so on has been stripped away. And so they, they are, they're naturally asking more questions than the previous generation because there's no one left to lean upon or help them. And so they're asking questions uh, fervently and uh, very intelligent uh, questions too. And they want to know why this has all happened, why this generation, why are they uh, being given such a poor education, uh, a limited education, hardly any history at all. And they want to know what's going on. So, so they've give, been given a very, very subdued, uh, most of it's what? Uh, it's stimulation by the media. Is that what our young people have been subjected to? Stimulation by the media, but they've also been given uh, uh, an educational, uh, minimalistic uh, system of, of, of groupthink. Everything in school now is to do with group. Independence, individuality is frowned upon in the group, and it's to make you conform to a new mass system. It's a new collective uh, that, they're, that they're nurturing and building. They call it commutarianism, and that was the term first used by George Bush Sr. He would promote commutarianism. It's the same term now the United Nations is using, and they're using the same thing in the global governance committees for the degree university. Yeah, they're so they can herd people around better, I guess. More docile. You can't think for yourself. You're unsure if your own decision is correct. You look to others for approval or disapproval, and that's how it's all meant to work. You get social approval or social disapproval uh, trained into you, and, and that was also said from the United Nations. They would use the system, that very system from China, the model state for the world on the rest of the planet. And so if the group uh, disapproves, uh, you, you'll feel embarrassed and you want to get back into their good books, and you'll, you'll go along with them. Or you leave, right? That's right. Or you're, you're shunned. People leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, you get, you'll, you'll get shunned. <clears throat> seems like, you know, when, when people have a problem, they say, what kind of a government program can help me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that the solution government is? Not, and you're, that's you know, very not important. what can I do myself to overcome my own problems? That's very, very yeah. important because, uh, because uh, see, one, not so long ago, people help people. And that again was that bonded real communities, the natural communities together by helping each other. Friendship, real friendships. Very good bonding, tremendous bonding and friendship. And you saw the. I always yeah. say that God speaks through people just by their yeah. actions of kindness to each other. We've got another caller on the line. Uh, caller, what is your name? Give us your name and where you're from. Okay, Daryl in Montana. Uh, you're on on live now. Uh, what is your question or comment? 
Uh, basically, my comment is um, I've been studying the metaphysical realm, and I've, I've known of Alan Watts since I was a, a wee little kid, and uh, I really appreciate all of his vast levels of knowledge. I guess my frustration with uh, uh, so-called spirituality and even religion in metaphysics today is the fact that most of what's being taught um, from my perception is all basically some various levels of black magic. And, well, it uh, is. It's, it's pantheon. It's pantheon. Bring back the pantheistic system, uh, but it, it's not by chance. Against that whole movement was was uh, guided um, by uh, the ones who gave us the culture, and the CIA were heavily involved in promoting that culture. If you go into the book, it's called "Towards a, no a New Global Civilization" by Michael Gorbachev, the ex-president of, of uh, the Soviet Union. He's now working for this new party here in the States. And he's working with the United Nations well, as well. And he said, he says, we are creating a new religion of the world, and it must be based on a form of earth worship. The okay. earth worship fits in well with depopulation, bringing the population down the children. They'll even have voluntary sterilizations to save the world. It's all to do with a, a, a con to get all of the children brainwashed into serving a new system. Daryl, what was your other question? Did you have anything else to say? Okay, well, he's off the line. He he, he dropped off. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, uh, he's what now? Jack in Canada. Okay, Jack in Canada, what's your question for Alan Watt? Hey, yeah, good evening. It's great listening to your show. I really didn't have a question. I was just going to make a quick comment. I know that Ron Paul's uh, name came up, and even though I'm not able to vote in any primaries down your way, but it just occurred to me that it's not so much the, the single man. I've been just uh, fascinated by... Uh, how many people are starting to wake up to some of these things that have been, you know, obscured or hidden from view. So even though, you know, many, many people, uh, I've noticed this myself over the years, have been very reluctant to even entertain any of these ideas that uh, Mr. Watts is talking about. What's happening is there's a groundswell going on. I see thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people waking up to some of these ideas, which is really delightful to see. It is, if nothing else, all of this stimulates the conversation which must be had. It must come out into the open for the first time. Yes, I think the conversation is on a new level. Uh, uh, and it's, we're, we're moving towards a greater understanding, awareness, and enlightenment in the end, hopefully. Yes. Well, maybe it has something to do with moving into this photon belt and, uh, you know, some of these other esoteric things that seem to be hovering around. Because I certainly have noticed, uh, I've been studying these kinds of issues that, Mr. Watts has written books on, and I really am a great admirer of yours, Mr. Watts. Thank you very much for doing this. Uh, but I found that uh, over the years, uh, most people's eyes glaze over, or they get even frightened and fearful if you broach any of these ideas. And I've noticed over the last year or two that that trend seems to be changing. So that, it does it's also a changing. It's changing, too, because, uh, and this is how the elite talk about us, too. We're a grazing herd, and we're in a field. And we don't look up, and the, the shepherds always work very slowly, so they don't, we don't get spooked. But right now, since 9-11, so much is changing all around us. No one can, can escape the little bits of information that comes across the news on a daily basis now on more totalitarian measures for something everyone knows has nothing to do with people in the Middle East at all or Afghanistan. They know it's all to do with something that's going to happen right here. And, and so that's why they're asking the questions. 
as they build this prison camp around us. They're talking about ID in every single one of us and even giving us the chip down the road. They've just introduced a chip, uh, the very chip now is now for diabetics, not just the elderly and babies at hospital, they now want to put them into diabetics. They're expanding the reach and eventually we'll all have one. Well, anyway, I'll let you carry on with your show. Thank you very well, much. Well, thank you much Thanks for, for your call and thank you very much for your comments. We, okay. we appreciate you calling and keep listening to us. Thank you. Yeah, what I what I have a difficulty with is because I'm I'm aware of this also uh, that there's when I allow uh, new information, because I'm bombarded with information. But when I allow new information, I have to test it to see oh. if it's valid, <laughs> and, and it, so it slows down your whole uh, process to a certain degree because you're needing to uh, make sure that you don't incorporate concepts and ideas and and information right. that doesn't have integrity. That's right. I mean, I, I don't go out into the outer realms looking for problems or Planet X or whatever. In fact, I think a lot of that's put out by the other side to make us terrified even more. It's great we're all looking at the sky where they're building barbed wire fences around us down here. Well, I have trouble enough, Alan, with my own human nature. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? I mean, I, that's the battle. The battle is, 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 is within battle, our own battle, issues battle and right conflicts. Is the will, the yes. will of individual for yes. an alternate way of living that's not the one that's planned by the elite because that's death. To come out of this delusional state is the ultimate uh, battle field that, that I see. Hey, we got to cut away here. We'll be right back. Thank you. Welcome back to The Secret Truth. I'm George Butler, along with... Charlotte Littlefield-Brown. Alan Watt, welcome back to the program. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, Gentlemen, oh, George, yeah. can I, uh, you know, before we uh, go somewhere else, uh, you know, it's really interesting, the concept of uh, global warming, because yeah. due to the freedom of the Internet, um, you get to hear and read uh, just a tremendous amount of information. And it, it seems that there's information that, all the planets in our solar system are experiencing a degree of climate change. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's really interesting uh, that potentially if this information is accurate, I mean, they're talking about uh, Neptune, uh, the moon, uh, more precisely. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's gone up something like, a, it's experienced like a 5% increase in its temperature um, just all over the, the, the whole solar system. So how can, it, how can somebody say to us, well, you're doing it, when it's happening to the whole neighborhood. <laughs> well, you see, we have cycles. I mean, we have ice ages, and then we have warming ages. And uh, the old school books that children got, I got out of school, used to say that there was over 100 recorded ice ages because the scientists, you know, they, they, drug, they drilled holes, they bored holes in the North Pole and South Pole and so on. And you could actually tell through the different uh, trapped um, uh, pollen between layers uh, when these ice ages happened, how long it took between them. And so we go through these uh, ice ages. Now what happens between ice ages? You warm up and things melt. And then you get to a certain stage and it goes back again. So you have ups and downs all the time. And that's the natural rhythm of, of the, our cycle around the sun. And, and this is known at high quarters. So they're using a natural phenomenon uh, to terrify us for a different agenda and, and, and to get us to reduce our population because the elite have, have decided the future they're going to bring in uh, with all the sciences and cyber, cyborgs and robots, etc. They won't need all of humanity. We looked upon as the worker bees. That's our function, according to the elite. 
We've got a few more. Yeah, anymore. we've got a few more minutes for taking calls. One eight hundred two five nine nine two three one. One eight hundred two five nine nine two three one. Well, I think yeah, what I think was the point you were trying to make, Charlotte, was maybe the sun is the most influential one. No, that we better keep yeah. the Internet free. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I see the sun, though, as, in other words, they're trying to make this more local than, than the sun's influence. Maybe the sun is having a greater influence in our local pollution problem. Right, here. and then so. when you have, uh, you know, you've got to consider the motivation of the people making the claims. I mean, you've got yes, a former... Uh, you know, the a politician, Al Gore, I mean, I don't, you know, and I, I don't doubt the sincerity of some of these people. And I don't doubt that they really believe, you know, some of, you know, the, um, and. Charlotte made me go to that, Alan, watch that with her. I didn't make you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding you, Charlotte. Yeah, well, we got to see what everybody's doing, so. And, and I always think it's important to, to see something if you're going to talk about it, you know what I mean? You better know what... No, I enjoyed it, Charlotte. It was it was informative to a degree. Really I'll tell you who did a good yeah. job was uh, Michael Moore. I, I came out of sicko begging for uh, socialized health care. Uh, he just really made it look like it was just the crema de la crop. And uh, my daughters, um, I took them to see it. Of course, we discussed this stuff, you know, at length afterwards and everything, but uh, they wanted to move to France so they could uh, live the easy life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, southern they're, friends, southern friends, is it? Yeah, there, there's always three meals out there, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, with every every meal, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to do a thing to, for, our, for our supper, right? Yeah, that's one thing my father always would tell me, always reiterated all the time. He felt, you know, he actually conveyed to me a lot of wisdom, uh, but he loved that one about there's no such thing as a free lunch and, you know. Yeah. And these kind of things. And There's always know, a deal. There's always a deal, and uh, the masters make the make the rules. Well, yeah. Even when you got back to primitive societies, though, they had to do something to to get game or to hunt or to fish, and they had to expend energy and work to to live to to gain substance. So, yeah. that's a nature. That's the real nature of our existence: is that we do need a certain amount of substance to continue to live. It's nature. And, See, we are, we're also yeah. part of nature. Here, down that's right. Us. That's right. We have all the rights of every other creature to live and survive. Yes. Yeah, you know, and I've often thought that if the world were allowed to develop at a more natural state than being forced the way it is, you know, with these trade organizations and these big corporations and the money creation, uh, you know, the international banks, if you will, and, and all this, that had, had it not been, you know, directed the way it has been, I think it would have developed into something uh, much more pleasant. And, uh, yes, yes, absolutely. And, Cooperative. Everybody would be doing, you know, it seems like right now we've got all our eggs in one basket, kind of. It's like, you know, all the tiny widgets come from China and the... the well, the, the trade, yeah, yeah, but the, you know, the trade that's occurring because of Internet sales and small businesses is still there. Well, yeah, that's why the Internet yeah. is so important. I, I think this could be the tool we could grow from, uh, you know, to not stay, get out of the system. What, their system, if you will, not humanity, not check out alive or anything like that, but to get out of the grid, <laughs> they're of control, you know. Because yeah. uh, you go down, you make a purchase on your credit card, and they innocently ask you, you know, to verify your address and, yeah. you know, what's your phone number and this and that. And uh, it's it's like you guys are saying, it's these NGOs, it's these corporations. It's not necessarily that the government's collecting it on us. Oh, they are too, though. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. They all are. Well, yeah. there's a partnership between government and large yeah. corporations. Private Let's face it. Yeah. Private, uh, That's it. 
And we've already gotten to the place where people, for example, seeking health insurance or or um, life insurance are being disqualified, you know, because of some medical this or that, you know. You're right. You're, and you know that human genome project? That we're yeah, doing? the DNA. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say that you might, be, uh, you might be prone to this or that down the road, and so you can't get insurance. We've already come to that. Yeah. It's already come to that. I think there are people with um, heart disease and, mm-hmm. and things like this that um, they're being excluded. And uh, so it's already coming, you know, it's, it's coming to its Well, place. I had domestic terror uh, genes, and they wouldn't give me no insurance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, <no. laughs> I had domestic terror genes, <laughs> and they wouldn't, they wouldn't give me any food, right? There you go. I mean, yeah. that, that's the extremity of, of the whole insane mess, is it not? That's right. Uh-huh. In the Soviet Union, they had uh, a, a designation under psychiatry, if yes. you... It said that, that you had inflexibility of opinion, and that was enough to get you locked up. Well, the DSM-4, what, revived or whatever, the latest uh, manual there for psychologists, don't yeah. they have some classifications in there that are awful suspect of anti-government or something like that in there? The whole list Delusion or, or paranoia or whatever? Oh, a loner, if, you're, if you like solitude, then, then you're, yeah. you're a possible terrorist. If yeah. You, maybe yeah. if you read a lot, you're another terrorist. Oh, oh! If you read too much, it could hurt your eyes, and and you you're a terrorist. I and you're think, also, you know. if you read the Constitution to any law enforcement, you're, you're probably a terrorist. Yeah. If you overly true. bring up the Constitution when they stop you, then you're you're a terrorist for yes, sure. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, there was an interesting phenomenon. I think we all went through the past. I don't know. It, it subsided, but for the maybe the previous thirteen to years or so, but it subsided in the last three years. It seemed like the, the government or the authority would say something, and then you'd hear the opposite of it. For example, you know, like aspartame and, and these low-fat diets are good for you, and then you'd hear the a, a dissenting voice saying, no, it's not good for you. It causes cancer. And this, it was confusing. It got to the point like, you know, people saying your coffee caused you cancer or it didn't or this or that. Yes. And, and now that we've gone through all that and I'm looking back, that was actually uh, – People dissenting voices against this, uh, the machinery, if you will, the authority. You know, yeah, well, they, also, also it, was, it was Donald Rumsfeld, it was the CEO of the corporation that made aspartame that got it passed through law. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and there's still people that trust aspartame and, you know, these oh, things. And Rumsfeld, they trust him too. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm on the stevia myself. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, in corn syrup, I think that's been around. They've been, you know, that's really bad for you. A lot. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Yeah. yeah, they wonder why we got epidemic diabetics. Well, these children are getting a tremendous amount of corn syrup in their diet. Yeah. And a friend of mine. They've also altered yeah. so much of it. See, they've altered genetic, the GMO foods out there. Uh, everything's been altered, especially the stuff they push the most. They even altered your coffee, you know, 10 years ago. Mm. Yeah. A friend of mine looked up and down her street one day, and she said, "Every oh, a lot of the children along this street are sick. Now, yeah. what, what is that about? Mm-hmm. And she discovered that all of these problems of food, drugs, mercury, you know, inoculations and, and all that, all that together has destroyed We're being the health of our children. Yeah. And to be honest with you, uh, I think it's a healthy paranoia when you study history. You find that was part of an agenda. Well, paranoia is healthy, is it not? It's a survival mechanism. It's a survival mechanism. You bet it is. I look around all around me all the time. Because <laughs> there's something might jump out from behind a tree. You, know? you never know. You yeah, know. when them aliens might want to get me. That's know? right, when these walking, walking lizards. Yeah. That, the walking lizard might get me, boy. Well, guys, we, we didn't cover all that. There's so much more to talk about to cover. Right? Alan, 
why we need to have you back, boy. We 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 beg for you to come back and, and enjoy back. our conversation. We love your conversation, and thank you so very much tonight. And we did touch a few hearts, I believe, and and um, we answered a few questions. And, and you really did a beautiful job in that. Let's respect. give your website out. It's uh, Cutting Through the Matrix. Yeah, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Yep. Thank you very much, Alan. Thanks, Thanks for having Alan. Me on. Yeah, good night. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye now.